Hey, do you want to know what's possible for you when we work together inside the Localpreneur Academy? Before you dive into this episode, I wanted to invite you to book a complimentary consult call with me so we can talk about exactly how your business will grow. And listen, I know hopping on a call can feel really intimidating. I've been there. I know it can be scary. I know it can be awkward. And I don't want you to feel nervous or pressured at all. In fact, I want it to be a really fun conversation. Like seriously, how often do we get an hour just to talk about ourselves and our business to someone who actually wants to listen? I'll 100% lead the conversation so you don't have to be worried about being prepared or even knowing what to say. We're going to look at everything you're doing now to market yourself locally, even if you don't think you're doing enough or it's not working at all how you want it to, we're going to figure out what's working and what's not working and why, and exactly what I'll do to help you inside the Localpreneur Academy and how it will apply specifically to your unique business. And I know you likely have a lot of questions like, how do I reach more people who live in my city? And how do I get people to stop scrolling and actually engage with my post? How do I get people to take action and reach out to book or buy? And we can totally cover this for sure. And anything else you can think of that's keeping you stuck. And I'll share how I can make the process easier for you to grow your local business. I've been there and I have helped so many local business owners do this work too. So click the link in the show notes to schedule your complimentary consult call with me, and I will talk to you soon. You are listening to the Grow Your Local Business podcast, where local marketing expert and life coach Leslie Presnell shares the strategies and the mindset to help you reach more people in your city and bring in a steady stream of clients. All right, let's dive in. Hello, welcome to episode 24. So today we're going to talk about how to reach your goals faster, how to deal with imposter syndrome, and how to make smart investments into your business. And I'm not doing this episode alone today. I have brought in an expert and someone who is doing all those things. So today I've brought in my client, Mary Cantor, who owns Proofreading by Mary. And now... She actually coaches other proofreaders on how to get their businesses up and running and teaches them how to get clients and get fully booked. So we're going to talk today about all the things because this girl's done the work. Like she knows how to find clients. She knows how to just make things happen. So we're going to dive in. So Mary, let's just start with you introducing yourself and tell us where you're located and how long you've been in business. Yeah, thanks so much, Leslie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I am located in Tucson, Arizona, in the beautiful desert southwest. Um, And I have been running my proofreading and editing business for a little over two years now. So that feels like a a huge milestone to be able to say I'm kind of past the mark where I can where I'm new. And um, I've been started, as you said, shifting to helping other people find their way, which has been honestly a goal since I started my business. So I'm thrilled to be at the stage now where I can, you know, kind of bring other folks along and help other people um, make their dream proofreading business come true. So yeah, so you joined the Localpreneur Bootcamp too, like just a little over a year ago. So Mm -hmm. and now we're in March 2023. So a year into your business. And I know you set a goal for 2022. Mm -hmm. So last year, and you ended up you ended up reaching that goal, 
within the first three quarters of the year. So like the first nine months. Mm-hmm. So that was way faster than you thought. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I was like tracking. So I knew that I was going to hit it, but it was really cool once I found like the day when like the invoice came in and I like just like hit it past it. So yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about today. Like I want to talk mm-hmm. about how you did that because that's what everybody mm-hmm. wants to know. Like, how did you do that? And how did you do it way faster than you yeah. thought? Yeah. Okay. And first I would love to just start by saying when I like on the day, like I said, when the invoice came in and I saw like my budget kind of like go farther, one of my first thoughts was I should have set a higher goal. And maybe that's true. But also I thought back to like January, 2022, Mary, who was setting this goal and like these clients. And I was really scared when I was setting it. Like I had no idea where these clients were going to come from. The number felt big and scary to me at that time. So I would say like, maybe I should have set a higher goal, but like, it's that's easy for like quarter three, Mary, who just hit that goal to say, but it wasn't that easy for quarter one, Mary, who was just setting that goal. So like, don't, I think like celebrate the win for what it is. Like maybe yes, continue to dream big, but goals big and scary can mean many different things. And if you hit your goal, like celebrate that no matter what, even if it was a tiny win, like don't kind of like beat yourself up for, for setting the wrong goal just because you achieved it early. Like that doesn't have to mean anything. So that was one of my first thoughts. I really wanted to like get that out there first. Um, and I, you know, shift into celebration and let it be what it is. Yes. Thank you so much. I even mm-hmm. needed to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, so- like I still, I still want to like set higher goals. I'm still like, okay, like let's go and let's do this. But also like, just like give it a little balance. Don't just make it always like more, better, bigger. Yeah. I think, I think either way for me too, it's so easy just to do the thing and then just be right on to the next thing. hundred percent. So yeah. Taking time to celebrate for sure. Yep. Yeah. And then the rest of the court, like quarter four, like everything felt like a bonus. I was just like, yeah, like this is just a bonus. It was so much fun. Oh, I love that. So good. Okay. So tell us all the things. Tell us what you did. How did you do it? Cool. So the first thing was investing in coaching. So I always like the first, especially if you are, uh, you know, in business and asking people to invest in you, investing in coaching is so key. Um, and not just in like, not just investing and in, like taking a course or working with someone one-on-one, like whatever the coaching experience is for you. And I would say coaching or even any kind of like development, skill development, coaching, whatever it is that you need. Um, but like really commit to implementing it over and over um, because like your understanding of it grows and that is that really collapsed the time it took for me to figure out new strategies to reach people. Um, it saved me not just time, but like effort and drama and all the things that can slow us down to getting where we need to go. So if I could go back in time, I would have invested sooner for sure. Um, even just like the act of like when I like when I paid the made the payment and like hit submit, like that felt so empowering. I was just like, heck yeah, like I'm gonna do this. Like I am worth it. Um, it just felt so empowering. It was such a positive experience to be able to put that money into myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the one of the main things that I always tell people. It's like you have to, you know, have someone hold space for you. As a proofreader and editor, I spend a lot of time helping other people improve their content, improve their message, make their dreams come true. So to get some of that back in return was just was huge. It was huge in making 
helping me reach my goal early. Yeah. And so I know you invested in the local preneur bootcamp. Were you working with any other coaches? I had worked with like shorter term investment with shorter term coaches um, in the past. So I had um, a coach that I worked with for starting my business, like learning how to proofread and other smaller ones. But the local preneur was like the first time that I was like, I need something like I need something long term. I need someone who can like hold space for me one on one, but also get the group experience. So I had had my eye on the local preneur um, bootcamp for a really long time for those reasons. Um, as you know, I probably waited a little too long. <laughs> like if I could go back, I'd do it sooner. But like the, the timing is what it is. Um, so yeah, I had worked with a couple, but I think what the local preneur bootcamp offers is is really unique and was exactly what I needed. And honestly, is still supporting me um, even you know a year or so after I started. Yeah. So with, I mean, even with working with me and your other coaches, like how do you pick? I'm always curious. Like how yeah. do you pick the coaches? Like, is it like you just find them and you're like immediately you or do you go hunting? Like, are you like, I know I have like the skill or gap or something I'm mm -hmm. trying to solve. And then you go like searching for that. Like, how does that work for you? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. I wish I could give you like this, like scientific, like <laughs> I look for this quality and this quality, but like some of it is just like monitoring the behaviors that I'm doing. So I'm like, who, who am I saving posts from? Who do I continually go back to? Who like, who is like first in my stories because I can't stop watching their stories. Um, so I think those like connections, like in wrecking, like having the awareness to recognize what you're being drawn to and like what, what is intriguing? Like, what is the, like the thing you want to see how, like, even just to get the behind the scenes of like, I just want to see how they're doing this. Um, I think those are like the cues that I listen to in myself. Like when, who am I curious about? Um, who is saying things that I, I want to implement immediately. Um, and that's kind of how, how I do it. It's not super scientific. Yeah. I'm like, who do I want to hang out with? Like, who do I want to <laughs> be friends with? Who do I want to like chat with? Um, and that I think is just as valid as like, you know, whatever more ob objective, quote unquote, objective, um, measures there are. It's like, you're going to be, I don't know, like this person is going to be holding space for you. You're going to be sharing vulnerable things with them. So yeah. having an organic connection, even through social media, I think is really important. Yeah. So, and you had talked about like implementing all the mm -hmm. things once you do yeah. get coached and you go through these programs. And I mm -hmm. know that's kind of signing up sometimes is easy. <laughs> yeah, It's like the, the implementing part after sure. you start doing the work or you, you do mm -hmm. get off that coaching call and you're like, okay, now I have to go do something. So how did you make sure you were actually doing the work? Mm -hmm. um, I think like, like pacing is really important. Like remembering that you don't have to implement the full course offering right away especially for something like the local preneur bootcamp where there's, there's so much so like taking time to kind of understand something and it doesn't have to be a week to week. Um, but kind of saying like, what is most important to me now? So for example, in one of the weeks you talk through like the editorial calendar, your social media calendar. So I've really worked on refining that and that's still kind of in progress as I go. Um, and I haven't even finished all the modules yet, which I honestly love that I can just say, okay, I'm going to master this mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move on to this next part when I'm ready. 
Um, we'll get to more of this later, but I work a nine to five in addition to my business. So I really need to, to, to pace myself. I can't just, you know, be doing everything all at once. And that is fine. And I get to enjoy that. So um, I think implementing is, is saying like, if you're feeling overwhelmed, that might be a time to pull back. Um, if things feel a little bit easy, that might be a time to maybe start at the beginning and work through stuff again, see what stood out, what sticks out to you this time with new knowledge. Um, but I think the pacing is is really important. And as far as implementing, um, like starting, like implementing what's most relevant to you at that particular moment, like what is the thing that you need to work on? Um, what feels like an easy win? What feels like maybe a challenge that you need to spend more time working through? Like whatever that means for you, kind of customizing it to your personal business journey and where you are in your business. So yeah. at two years running a side hustle, that looks really different for me from someone who's been in business for five years and runs it full time and has like a huge, like it just looks different. It's not going to be the same. So having the self-awareness to say, here's what I need to do at this moment and committing to it. Yeah. Okay. So first thing you got coaching and yes. that's just having somebody hold that space for you, you making sure you were learning the skills you needed and you were implementing mm -hmm. what you needed at the time, just little wins for as sure. you went. Perfect. For sure. And I would say coaching goes first because it informs all of the things that happen after and all the things that are not even on the list that we have. So like <laughs> that is like the core, the core thing that I did um, that I think was really key. Okay. What else? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I did, so this is like thing two, if you're tracking with, uh, with how we're going through this is I really, I broadened my concept of what a, a money-making activity is. So I had previously thought of like, I'm making money when I'm working on a project that a client has sent me that I then work on, finish, then back to them. And then they pay me for that work. And that was kind of how I thought of how I make money in my business, which is fine. And that is true. Like that, those transactions are bringing in income. But I also realized that there are other things that are contributing to my success in that area, my ability to deliver um, those projects and my ability to get more clients to maintain clients. So I thought of, I started thinking about like when I'm posting on social media, just like telling myself like I'm making money while I'm doing this or when I take a rest so that I can do better at my projects. Like, okay, like I'm doing that and that is making me money. When I, you know, set a goal for myself and take the time to map out my quarterly income, like that is making me money. Like all of those things that we're doing outside of an actual project, an actual transaction, um, those are all contributing to my ability to generate income for myself. And so they need to be treated with just as much importance as when I'm working on projects, because even if I take on more and more and more, more projects, I'm going to hit a cap. So, um, there has to be other ways that I'm, that I'm driving that. Um, so that was, that was a really big mindset shift for me as well and felt really empowering to commit to doing other things to help me with that specific goal. Yeah, I love that. So of course, like when you're actually working with clients, that's bringing in money. Right. And right. then marketing is a money making activity. For sure. And then planning sure. how you're going to make the money. And then it's like your rest is almost like strategic rest. Yes. Yes. So you absolutely. can make more money. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And like, what a fun thing that I'm like, I can like go for a run or like take a bath and be like, look at me, like doing these money making activities. Yeah. <laughs> like, and rest kind of like makes it more fun. Yeah. Rest is really hard for people. So I think that's really helpful to for think sure. of it. Like I'm resting really strategically mm -hmm. so I can go yes. make more money. Yeah. 
what I'm doing, this rest is critical to my ability to be a high performing business owner, like period. So, yeah. So what are some things that you would consider not money-making activities? Yeah. Great question. I mean, cause you could just like make anything that you like are doing right? like, Oh, this is just a money-making activity and like have like all these priorities. So like, mm-hmm. I think like t- filtering out some of the noise is really, is really critical. Um, the biggest one that I thought of was, um, consuming content, um, <laughs> because we can learn so much from the content that is available on Instagram. Um, and you know, wherever we're getting that information from Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, even outside of social media. But um, for me, that tends to be more of a drain. And that's where I notice things like, you know, comparing myself with other people or getting idea overwhelm where I have too many things and I can't do anything with it. Um, that's where that starts to creep in. And even just like the the mentality that I get in when I'm doing too much scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um and I I get in my head too. Like if I see something and I'm like, well, I was going to post about that. Should I not post about that? Are they going to think I copied that? Like just even silly things like that. So I would say that is, that is not a money-making activity. You can learn lots of things, but overall that has been more of a drain than, you know, a contributor. Yeah. Sure. Consuming is like passive action. So like you feel yes. like you're really doing something because you are learning. Yeah. But yep. it's it's like you just talked about with the first thing, like if you're not implementing any of it, yeah, then it's not making you money. It's just all in your exactly. head. And then it's like, then that's kind of where the overwhelm comes in. For so sure. now yeah, I know implementing it. Go ahead. Yeah, now I know a whole lot, but I don't I'm not actually taking action. Yeah. And like and the things that I know are making me feel drained and feel like I'm not doing enough and making mm-hmm. me feel like I'm like it's it's just all can be kind of wasteful. So that's not to say like, don't consume any content anywhere, but just really, just really watch it. I gotta, oh, yeah. I gotta watch that myself. I'm a work in progress on that one. Yeah. But. I love consuming. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite. Yeah. I love learning. It's like my favorite sure. thing. I, I consume every day, but it, it does. There is a point that it's like, okay, like, what are you going to do with all this information and knowing when you're consuming as a way to procrastinate or to like put off, you know, doing what you should be doing and like just 100%. really understanding your own behaviors. <laughs> 100%. Yep. The self-awareness is key. That's not to say I don't go doom scrolling every once in a while, but try, my mine is <laughs> mine is like whenever I'm working and I'm like, oh, this is really hard. Like I'm going to go for a walk and listen to a podcast. So I feel yeah. really productive because I'm working out and I'm uh-huh. learning, but I'm totally just procrastinating. <laughs> Yes. yes, So it's like, just be odd to yourself. Know what you're actually doing. For sure. For sure. Okay. So what else? The third thing, again, if you're following, this is thing three. um, I really defined what consistency meant for myself. So again, I feel like so many of these are like interconnected, but like if I'm seeing another business owner giving, you know, recommendations like post once a day or post do X, like commit to these actions at this frequency that would get really stressful for me and led me to think that, you know, that I wasn't doing enough. And as someone who works full time and then runs their business on the side, I had to start shifting my mindset of like, Oh, well, I run my business like in the extra time that I happen to left to have left over to thinking more of like, I have exactly the right amount of time to do what I need to do in my business, whether that is zero hours in a day, 
three hours in a day, like whatever it is, is exactly the right amount of time for me to do what I need to do to have the business that I want. So whether that means posting once a week, posting zero times a week, as at the moment of this recording, my mom was just in town for a visit and I didn't do quite as much posting on social media. And I've had times where I've thought, oh, you know, I should be, should be doing this. Um, and I was eventually like, no, you know what? If a follower needs me to be posting every day, they probably shouldn't be following me. <laughs> like they gotta, they gotta go find someone else who can show up for them more. Um, so just trusting that my audience doesn't need me to be there all the time. Um, and that consistency looks like I have solid, you know, sections of, of months where I'm really solid committing to a couple times a week, showing up on stories when it works for me, um, and really in the rhythm, but that I can also pull back and that can be part of my consistent strategy that I consistently take breaks, but I consistently show up when I need to, um, and defining that for myself. So I would say when I'm like on, it's about, um, one to two posts a week. Stories, maybe half of the days of the week, you know, depending on what's happening. Um, and then just like trusting that it's fine and not wasting energy worrying about that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what, what consistency means for me. I always have exactly the right amount of time. Yeah. And I think like trusting too that even if somebody finds you on Instagram and you haven't posted in a week or however long, that all the content there is amazing and valuable. And they're going to get so much just from that. Like I love thinking of my Instagram as just an amazing bank of content. For sure. Yeah. And that's been happening. You know, like I said, I haven't been actively posting as recently. I've still been getting follow requests. I've still been getting comments and likes on my content. Like it's still, it's still there and still working for me because I've done all the work before to implement everything that I've learned. Like my content is still serving me, even if I'm not actively creating new things. Yeah. And so just because I know we're human, like how do you deal with still like opening up Instagram and looking at what everybody else is doing and then comparing and being like, oh, well, they're showing up every day, a million times a day. Like, how do you mm -hmm. like stop yourself from thinking, you know, like I'm not doing enough? I mean, I sometimes not successfully, like to be fully honest, like there are still time, right? Like, I just want to be honest. Like there are times where I still, I still do compare myself to other people or I like, you know, have, have some, you know, comparison where I'm thinking, you know, I should have been doing more. I should have been doing this. So like that is normal and that's okay. But if that starts to get, you know, get to you too much where you're either pushing yourself or you say, well, I shouldn't do anything at all. That's when it becomes a problem. Like it's not necessarily a problem to compare yourself, but if you're doing it too much and it's starting to affect you negatively, like that's when you might want to, to rethink that. One of the things, you know, that I do is when I do feel myself comparing myself to other people is either get off the phone because it's probably time to stop and looking at that content and recenter with just myself, have some alone time. Um, so that's one thing I'll do is just like cut it off. And the other is just remind myself of exactly what I said earlier is that I I have a process that I set and I trust that it works for me. I know that it works for me. When I'm implementing it, I feel really great. Um, and again, reminding myself, I have exactly the right amount of time. My audience needs me exactly this amount. And if they don't, then they're welcome to unfollow me. And in fact, that's helpful if they do so yeah. that I can just have surround myself with people who are like, yeah, that's cool. She doesn't show up for a week. We're good. Um, yeah. I love that. And I love that that is like one of the reasons that you hit your goal in nine months. Yeah. So it fun. for sure is. 
It for sure is like do less. I, I don't think um, I happened to like actually hit the goal during a month when I was like, I really need to prioritize self care. And even though like everything was in place before then, I'm like, that's not a coincidence, right? Like that, like I'm like trusting and I know that I can pull back. I know that everything is in place. Um, and that's just really empowering. Yeah. Okay. So what else? Tell us what else you did. Yeah. So I also, um, I started to broaden my offering. So when I started, I just, again, thing four, sorry, if you're following along, thing four is broadening my, my offerings as part of my services. So I really stuck to just proofreading and editing content. Um, so like books and um, blog posts and, and things like that, but primarily books and blogs. Um, but, you know, once I built, you know, I got a little more confident, I had an opportunity to also do some copywriting for one of the agencies I was work with, working with. So um, I started doing that, which was really fun. It was like a new kind of way to stretch my skills. I had kind of built up enough rapport with them that I knew what they were looking for. And I had experience doing my own content writing. So I got to do that. And I also started coaching uh, as myself, kind of like opening up my doors for to coach other people in their processes. Um, so that was really fun. I have a background in education and you know facilitating workshops. So it felt really natural to shift in that direction. Um, but it was also, again, I was still a little nervous because it was these new things that I hadn't done before. So um, I was like, okay, like now I'm writing. Is this going to be good? I mean, writing is already so vulnerable. So it's like, is it good? Is this what they're looking for? I had, I didn't have any training in it. Um, and then with coaching, it's like, oof, I hope this, I hope this advice is good. I hope they get what they're looking for out of it. Like, I think coaching can be as vulnerable as being coached. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really exciting thing, but it also kind of brought in some of that imposter syndrome and some of the things that the anxieties that can come up when we do kind of as we say, you know, get to the next level, try new things, test things out. Um, that definitely started to creep in as well. Yeah. So tell us, like, let's talk about imposter syndrome then for a minute. Like, can you just mm -hmm. tell us like how you define imposter syndrome? Yeah. Good question. Cause it's so different for everyone, right? Like some people might get into like analysis paralysis. Some people it's really about, you know, comparing other people themselves to other people. But like for me, when I'm experiencing imposter syndrome, some of the things that I will do are like get very nervous before I send the project back or I will be questioning if something is good and like try and find other examples of it online. Of like, is this how this is supposed to be done? Am I doing it right? Um, yeah, I think just like I also don't show up as confidently like it can feel I just feel hesitant. I feel nervous. I'll say things like, what, what do you think? Is that OK? Is that what you're looking for? Like asking a lot like for in the coaching examples, like asking questions. Um, that in my mind are making sure that they're okay, but it's really more for me to make sure I'm okay. Um, so I think things like that, that self-consciousness is, is how it shows up for me most yeah. often. Yeah. So, okay. So how do you, like, how do you work through that? Like, how do you keep taking action? And like, you brought mm -hmm. in these additional services, even like, despite yeah. that. So how yeah. do you still take action, even if you are feeling the imposter syndrome? Yeah, good question. And this is one that I've I've thought through quite a bit um, because I think early on people, you know, either externally would say that or I would feel like, oh, I'm just like confident and I can just like do it even if I'm, you know, feeling a certain way. Um, which is I guess true that I can like push through that, but I also realized that I was going through a really specific kind of mental process when that was happening. Like I was doing 
something that I was repeating over and over that was allowing me to move through hard things and to kind of get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so I think it's, it's more than just having confidence. It's something that I've cultivated and have refined as I've gone forward. So I, I realized that I, I was kind of just owning those negative feelings and not trying to make them go away, which sounds maybe counterintuitive. It's like, oh, we need to get rid of the feelings. But I was just like, you know, that's that's a lot of work too. And maybe I can still write a great post, be a great coach, even if I'm feeling that. Like that doesn't have to mean, that feeling doesn't have to mean anything about the skill and talent that I'm bringing to this project. So that was one thing I was just like, okay, like this is just a feeling. I'm having it. It's real, not yeah. fun. Um, but I don't have to get rid of it. So just allowing and then, it. Go ahead. Just For allowing sure. it. Yeah. 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 It's normal. Like so many people, that's why imposter syndrome, I think comes up all the time is because everyone happens to everyone. So it's, I don't know. It's just a thing that happens like brushing your teeth. <laughs> like every day you might encounter this feeling and it's there. Everyone has it. Um, and it doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of the next step of that is like, okay, so I've acknowledged this feeling and like, how can I like either reframe this or like channel this into something that's motivating? So, you know, when, I, when I'm feeling that I have this skill gap or I have this thing I need to learn, like, what can I, what can I do to work through that? How can, what can I learn here? How can I challenge myself here? Like, how can I come out of this better and like reframe this as an amazing opportunity for me to just get even better at what I'm doing? Um, and then the last step was like just embracing it as part of the process and saying like, I know this is going to come up again. It's not going to be forever, but this is going to come up again. And when it comes up, that's how I know I'm on the right track. Like if I'm feeling this, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm challenging myself. I'm not complacent. Um, and I am willing to make myself vulnerable to make myself better at what I'm doing. So like that is a that is only positive, even if it doesn't feel that way. Like that is... I don't know, but any, most any time someone's feeling imposter syndrome, like they're exactly where they need to be. Like they're in this, they're occupying spaces that are going to challenge them, that are going to challenge other people. So that is definitely a thing to be embraced. I love then, that. Thanks. <laughs> Keep thanks. going. <laughs> yeah. So, so once I realized that I was, um, I had an opportunity to facilitate a workshop as part of a writer's retreat. And I kind of walked them through that process, you know, writers, um, are doing doing the very vulnerable work of sharing their stories. A lot of them, it's their first time. Um, so I had the opportunity to kind of walk them through that process. And it was like, Leslie, it was like fire. Like people were crying. It was so oh. powerful. I loved it. Like the chat was blowing up. I was just like, and I walked out of there and thought this, I just need to make this available to more people. So I put it together in um, kind of in honor of this, this retreat and like a mini retreat that people can walk through on their own to see how they can to take what, you know, works for them and how they can apply the process that I go through to whatever it is that they're doing. So I definitely had proofreaders and editors in mind because I know so many people you know, take a proofreading course and they have the idea to get started or like me, they just thought about it for years before doing it. And there's just so much talent that I think is not getting out there and so many people who could be helping other writers reach their goals. Um, but they might, that might be holding them back. So my goal with this is to allow people to kind of dig into what it means for them so that they can work towards their goals. Yeah. And I, you mentioned this idea of like, it's a mini like virtual retreat. Can you yeah. tell I know what that means because we've talked about it, but like, I love yeah. how you explain it. So can you just share like 
your vision for that? Like how a person like takes themselves through that in a day? Yeah, absolutely. So like the the nuts and bolts of it are it's set up as like a mini course. You've probably seen a mini course online where there's modules and things that you go through. But what really is special about this is it's designed for you to do it like all at once in a comfy place. Like you get your get your warm tea, you set the time aside and you do it all at once to just do a deep dive kind of with yourself. And then I walk you through it with videos. You've got reflections to help you dig into into the concepts. So you can just kind of set aside that time to go on a mini retreat, wherever it is that you are. I think the retreat part is really essential because, you know, with a, a with a course, you you know, go in, you kind of synthesize and implement and it's really practical. But with a retreat, um, you know, retreats like a traditional treat, you'd leave someplace, you'd go, you'd set aside the time, like all the distractions are removed. And I think because of the nature of imposter syndrome, it's important to replicate that as much as possible because some really deep stuff can come up. So the, the retreat is designed so that you can kind of hold space for yourself and, and go deep for a few hours on your own. I love that. And we'll, we'll for sure yeah. link that up in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I think you have one more thing that yes. you did that. Yeah. One more thing it. I did. So I did this thing. This is the thing, this is thing number five, but this is actually something I don't recommend. So I wanted to list it because like it definitely brought in more income for me. It helped me get to my goal, but it ultimately wasn't sustainable. And that was just like hustling too hard. So I, you know, I got kind of that, like, like that, like dopamine when you had someone else is like, I want to work with you. And you're like, yes, I will make space for you. <laughs> and like, I have all this time and I'll do a great job. So I did that. And then I kept doing that. And then I realized I was getting a little tired. I was getting a little burned out. And I wasn't enjoying my business as much. So I uh, I highly recommend like hit, finding out like what your limit is and then maybe keeping yourself just a little under that. Um, because in the end, I did end up having to scale back some of my editing, which was my editing and my clients, um, which was really hard to do. And had I just kind of set the expectations early of like what my capacity was and honestly been honest with myself about what my capacity was. I could have avoided some of those hard conversations. So definitely a learning experience. Um, and like, if that is you, if you're finding that you're like reaching kind of your edge and you are concerned about your ability to take on more clients, I would encourage you to think about different ways to <laughs> increase your income. You know, maybe it's time to raise your prices. You know, if the, if the demand is high, like that's how everything works. Like, right, if you have more demands, you can raise your prices. Um, or maybe think about, as I said, you know, different offerings or different ways to work with people that aren't just you spending time on a project. So I, uh, I don't recommend it, but I, it felt important to list because I know it was a contributor. Um, but I have recalibrated my, my client load. So it's more sustainable and I can enjoy the work that I'm doing and have energy for, you know, my husband and the things I need to do for myself and my friends. So much more balanced, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you, you had to learn that too. Like you had to learn yeah. the hard way because I mean, if you didn't learn that now, it was just going to come up at every level. Yeah. So it's like, so right. that you're was so a problem right. to take care of now. Yes. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, Absolutely. as someone who still has, you know, your full-time job and your business is growing, like what mm -hmm. last piece of advice do you have for people who are trying to balance like growing a business while still working a full-time job. Yeah. 
I'll say when I first started, I was really self-conscious about that. I was afraid that people wouldn't want to work with me because they thought because I, I had a nine to five, like they would think I wasn't committed. Um, but for, that's like not a thing. People just want to work with you because they want to work with you because you're great and you do a great job. So if you're thinking that just, I don't know, get rid of that one. That, that's not a helpful thought um, because people truly don't mind. You know, my clients know kind of what my schedule is. So um, just being really transparent about that. Um, and I think it can be a great thing to have a nine to five with your, with a side hustle or your a business. I call it a side hustle. It is a real business like that I'm doing no matter how small or whatever size it is. Um, but it really, it gives me the freedom to not have the pressure of like, I have to get this. I have to do this to sustain. It just makes it so like this gets to be the fun project that I get to do. I get to be flexible with it. Um, and it's also made me better at my full-time job. Like I feel like they kind of like play off one another. I've developed skills that make me better in both areas. So I would say like, know what your boundaries are, prioritize the things that are most important for you. Um, if you've ever heard of that, like the big rocks exercise where there's like a jar and you put in your big rocks and then smaller ones, like know what those are for you and decide where your side hustle fits into those. Um, and just enjoy it. Like you get to you don't have to have the the reliance on it and you can just kind of fit it in wherever you want. You can play, you can experiment, you can try new stuff. If something flops, like who cares? Yeah. Like what a fun way to approach a business. Yeah. So, um, I've really, yeah, I love that freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how, tell us how we can find you. So I'm on Instagram at proofreading.by.mary. Um, that's the best way to find me. Um, I don't have any other social media platforms. Again, side hustle. It's just my little tiny business on my Instagram. That's the best way to connect with me. Um, and I also have information there on the the retreat, we, the virtual retreat we talked about, Be Unstoppable, if you're interested in that. But also, like, feel free to DM me. Feel free to, you know, comment on my post. I will always get back to you. Um, might be a little delayed, but I will get back to you. Um, that's the best place to find me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. That was so good. I'm going to link up to all of that in the show notes. I'm going to have to go back and even like take more notes. So thank you so much, Mary. (laughs) Thanks, Leslie. This was super fun. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, I want to invite you to check out my program, The Localpreneur Bootcamp. This is my coaching program for business owners who are ready to become the local go-to in their industry with a steady stream of clients. You can find more information at lesliepersonal.com and I'll see you inside.